Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for your time and for tuning in and listening to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. So today I have somebody on the show who I have had the opportunity, the privilege, I should say, to work with. Uh, we're going to talk with Linda Sunshine West, and she is the founder of Action Takers Publishing. And I've actually been in a couple of books with Linda. And so I can attest to what a great job she does in helping authors um, get their voices out there and get their stories heard. So Linda, welcome. Thanks, Marty, so much for having me. I, you know, any opportunity that I can, you know, help to help people to just see a different way of looking at things. I'm always in it, and let's hope that that happens today. Yeah, and so I think that this ties in because a lot of women, because I only work with women, but a lot of women and men, let's face it, and even kids have a story that they want to get out. And a lot of times, when you go through something in life that's pretty traumatic like a divorce or a separation or whatever, there can kind of be that whole awakening thing where all of a sudden, like you want to share your story or you want to help others or you want to help people avoid some of the challenges you went through. So what got you interested in becoming an author? Because I don't think this was your first career choice, right? Or your first career. Not at all. Yeah, I don't know if I ever had a career choice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Throughout my life. Go the way. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was in the corporate world for 36 years and I had 49 jobs. That's why I say like there really wasn't a, a career choice. I think for me, it was really just about survival. You know, my my first marriage was to somebody who was a, a volatile, abusive alcoholic, just like my dad was. So I married somebody just like my dad, you know, that first marriage. And when I left that marriage, I, w- I was only with him for a little over two years. And I, I left with two babies, a 14 month old and a four week old. And, and I walked out on him and literally walked because I didn't have a car. So I had a diaper bag, a purse and two babies. And that was how I left that relationship. And I'm sharing this because this is part of my story. This is part of my story. Yeah. And I remember when I first started sharing my story, it was kind of scary and I would tear up and, and I had a lot of pain. Just there was so much pain about that time in my life. And I had so many people say, wow, that was so brave that you left him. And, and I looked at it within the time as I'm, as I'm living through that moment, I'm looking at it as like, I have a fear and the fear is to stay and the fear is to leave. So I had two fears to choose from. And so I chose the fear that I thought was less scary. And that was the fear of leaving. So really in in reality, it wasn't that I was brave. It was that I was fearful, but I chose the fear that was the lesser of the two fears. Now, Fast forward, you know, to writing my story. Uh, when I first started writing it, I would cry. I would, when I talk about it, I would cry. And the more I told it what I didn't know was happening at the time, but the more I was healing. And so I had the value, the power, the power of sharing our stories. It's not about like telling your story so that, so that you can um, like brag about something or so that you can be like, woe is me about something. No, it's really about healing. And that is what I've done, you know, gone through. I no longer tear up about it at all because I have healed. It doesn't mean I forgot. It doesn't right. mean I've, you know, gotten over it. It just means that I've healed and that I can talk about it and share the story, the message. 
Yeah. And, and I, I so agree with you because I think sometimes we, we don't see that anything we're doing is brave or courageous or out of the ordinary. We just do it because there was two choices and this was the better of the two. And that's why we chose the path. But that, that, I mean, that must have been really difficult to make that decision, especially with two little kids. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a whole other level of difficulty and challenge there. So, yeah, you know, I remember there was a phrase I used to say, I don't say it anymore. And that was, I would rather be alone and lonely than with somebody who makes me miserable. And that was like the phrase that helped me to get through those tough times. Like here I am with these two little kids, a a single mother, you know, my parents lived close by. And so I stayed with them for a little while. I literally walked to their house, you know, and, um, and, and it was, it was tough. It was really tough for several years until I ended up meeting the love of my life that I've been with now for 34 years. Wonderful. But, wonderful. Yeah. Oh my God. I dated a lot of toads <laughs> to, <laughs> to find this friend. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm, just flash, I'm just flashing through all the toads. <laughs> don't be naming names now, Linda. <laughs> I don't remember their names <laughs> so long ago. So how, how did you go from that, making that big decision to getting into publishing? What, what was the catalyst for that change? Yeah, that was uh, kind of an interesting thing for me because I was never a reader and I was never a writer. I wasn't interested in either of those things. I was interested in boys. <laughs> I was like, like more interested in boys and music. I'm a musician. I've you know been playing flute. Like I played flute from second grade, and so I started music really early. And that was really what what interests me interested me. And so when I got into, um, when I started working, you know, I started working at age 16 and, you know, had those like little fast food jobs. And, and then I got into banking and then I got into engineering and then I got like all these, you know, I have 49 jobs. So I was in a lot of different fields. And the last 20 years of my working career was as a legal secretary. And I worked for seven different law firms in that 20 years. And I ended up working for a judge in the court of appeals. Now that was like, wow, that was the penultimate. I worked my way up that proverbial ladder, the legal ladder. And I was working for the number two judge in the entire circuit of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So I had really made it, but oh my God, I hated that job. It was so boring. It was so not me, you know, and um, I had hired a life coach and my life coach helped me to to explore and to discover who I am, what was what was buried down deep inside of me, this creativity, this person who wanted to show up, but I was so scared to show up, you know. So um, I got into the book publishing because I I ended up writing part of a collaboration book, just like you've done, Marty, joining us in these collaborative books, right? And then I ended up writing my own book is called The Year of Fears. And that book is because in 2015, I woke up on January 1st that day. And I said, I have so many fears that are stopping me from living. I'm going to break through a fear every day this year. So I embarked on a journey of breaking through 365 fears, you know, days in a row. And so I wrote a book called The Year of Fears. And then after that, after that, that's when it all happened. I said, I was in a book, I wrote a book, what's my next natural state of progression? Because I've been on this like growth journey. And I'm going to start putting together my own collaboration books. So that was how it started. And I was like, this will be fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was just about the fun, nothing else. 
Nothing so, else. so tell us about this, um, the year, the year of breaking through fears. How, so 365 fears. Tell me, tell me more about that. That's got me curious because I'm trying to think, I could maybe name five or six things I'm fearful of, but I don't know if I could come up with 365, but I bet you they're there if you start talking about and, and, Yeah. So, so what I decided now, now this was not guided by anybody. This was divinely guided. You know, like God sent me this message and said, you need to break through these fears, girl. You know, you got to get going. And so, and I was 51 years old at the time. So it's not like I was a young child, you know, and, um, and just having that realization that I had so many fears, why did I pick a year? I don't know, but I think it was necessary. You know, now I'm looking back. So what it looked like is every morning when I woke up, I would lay in bed, and ask myself three words. And those three words would be the words that would change my life. And that was what scares me. So I'd lay in bed and I would say, what scares me? I had said it out loud too. And my husband first was like, okay, what's going on over here? You know, <laughs> time to <laughs> he got used to for Linda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to it, you know? And so I would then my commitment to myself, because this was a commitment. And this was uh, the commitment was to lay in bed and wait until the first fear popped in my head. Whatever that first fear was, was the first fear I had to break through that day. So that was that was the commitment that I made 365 days in a row. A lot of people ask me, did you make a list? No, I didn't make a list. Like I didn't have a plan. That was my that was my plan. I'm just going to wake up and ask myself what scares me. It was interesting, Marty, is that a lot of times the fear like, popped into my head immediately as if I was dreaming about it all night long, waiting for me to ask the question. But sometimes it was 10, 15, even 20 minutes where I was laying there waiting for a fear to pop in my head. And so when you mentioned, you you can maybe think of like maybe five or six. The thing was that I had all these like small, small, what I would consider small fears today. They were huge for me at the time. Okay. Every single fear I had was huge for me. That's why it was a fear. And, and so um, a, a great example was one of the fears that day was to talk to a stranger in a Starbucks. It was very specific. That was the fear. Another one was go to the movies by yourself. I never did anything like that. Go yeah. shopping, Go even go grocery shopping by yourself. You know, or um, go to a restaurant and say, there's only one in your poverty. You know, those were some of my fears. Um, Go to a networking event and start a conversation. Go to a networking event and meet two people. You know, so I had these fears that there was a, a wide range of different types of fears that I had. However, what I discovered about maybe six months into it is that the vast majority of my fears were based on one fear. And that is the fear of judgment. Sure. Yeah. Judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool because now I was armed with information. I had the fear of judgment. So what this meant is I could tackle one fear, one fear. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I show up like now I don't have that fear of judgment. It does not even creep in anymore. Right. Because I laugh at myself all the time. I do things that are goofy. I say things I probably shouldn't say. Like last night, I, I said something that I you know I probably shouldn't have said. I, I was going to say something earlier that I probably shouldn't. Well, I didn't say this time. But you know, yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't let my filter stop me anymore because my filter stopped me for 51 years. Right. My voice was stifled. Right. And I'm ready to just show up as who I am unapologetically, like this is who I am. Love me or leave me. Either way, I'm still me. 
And yeah. that was big for me because I had so much fear, you yeah. know, and no, it's no longer controlling me. And that is such a part. And I was going to tell you, you know, I, as a single woman, my husband passed away five years ago and, mm. you know, there was a, t- I used to travel for business on my own, you know, so it, it's not like I've, I've, and I was single for a long time. I didn't get married till I was in my thirties. So, I mean, this, my first marriage, which let's not even talk about that one <laughs> out there, but, um, so I, I've never had that fear of going into a restaurant by myself, traveling by myself. I'm very comfortable with that kind of stuff. But I hear that all the time from women. And you're right. When they talk about it, especially because now I work with women going from being married to being single, that's one of their big fears is just being, just being present and, and being on their own in these environments. And a lot of time when we talk about it, it's that same thing. Well, what are other people thinking about me? Like, why are, you know, and and here's the thing. Most people don't care what you're doing. You are not even on their radar when they're having, you know, dinner in a fancy restaurant. They're not wondering what you're doing sitting over there by yourself. But we you all do it, right? All by yourself. Like, that's what I always thought. Yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing, Marty, is that was what I thought. See, I thought that about other people. So oftentimes our fear of judgment is really because we're judging others. And so we put that projected back to ourselves. And um, And then I recognize, too, that really those fears, all of those fears that I had, you know, the fear of judgment was really because I was judging myself. I was my greatest, worst enemy. And so what I started recognizing is because of that, that I needed to learn to love me because if I can show up loving me, then it's easier for me to show up. And then also, if I show up loving me, then I'm not even worried about what anybody else is thinking. Oh, I love that message. That is so authentic, isn't it? So so heartfelt. And and so tell me a little bit about, did you ever come across a fear that you had that you weren't able to overcome that day uh, or that was like really so overwhelming that you did it, but, but you really felt uncomfortable doing it? Or did it all kind of fall into place for you? Oh, they all felt uncomfortable. <laughs> I was uncomfortable for 365 days. Uh, maybe by the end, like maybe towards December, I was finally coming around, you know. But um, the commitment, again, it was a commitment I had. And that was that I had to break through that fear that day, no matter what it was. Now, none of the fears cost me any money, which was kind of interesting. Is like there was no plane jumping, you know, bungee jumping. No, none of like bug eating, nothing like that. It, it right. was all just it was so centered around that fear of judgment and what was, what was, I learned so many things that year, so many things about myself and about fear. And is, you know, one thing I, I learned that I, I think probably the greatest thing that I learned is that nothing happens inside of our comfort zone. You know, we have to step outside of it. And why would we deprive ourselves of what's to come out there? So I came up with this saying, and that's to um, do it, because you're scared. And here's why. If you think about all the fears that you've broken through at any time during your life, on the other side of that fear, after you broke through it, maybe you were proud of yourself for doing, I did it. I'm so excited. I did it, right? Maybe you don't feel good about it, but you did it, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe you met somebody that you would never have met had you not broken through that fear. I interviewed the president of Mexico, of the country Mexico, in his presidential suite. 
I you know interviewed Jack Canfield on the red carpet, uh, interviewing stars on the red carpet. These are things that never would have happened had I not done that year of fears. These are things that never would have even been in my my trajectory because I didn't think that way. I right. thought that was for those people. That Barbara Walters, she's the kind of person who interviews the president, not Linda Sunshine West. But no, I did interview the president. But it was all of this was because of that those fears that I broke through. And so I, I was like, wow, every time, just just about every time I've broken through a fear that on the other side, I was proud of myself or a door was open that I didn't even know was closed. Right. So I said, I have to do this because I'm scared. Anytime I experience fear now, because I still experience fear, I'm a human being. Sure. And I say, oh, oh, good. Awesome. That's just fear. I'm going to go do it because I'm scared because I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. Remember, the, uh, make, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. You want door number one, one. two, or three. <laughs> exactly. You didn't know what was behind the door. So imagine that that is the door that's opening your fear. And then right. on the other side is that that trip to Hawaii or, or that brand new car, right? Right. We don't know what's going to happen. The people that I've met from breaking through those fears have been people I never, ever would have imagined myself meeting right. had I not done. And, and you're so true because, you know, our default position, our brains are hardwired to automatically look for the worst case scenario. That's just the way our minds go. So, yeah, you know, door one, two, and three, you can either see it as a trip to Mexico and a new ski boat and, or a new uh, motorboat. And what else did they used to give away? A free kitchen set or or... You know, it's like you say, a bowl of bugs or snakes or, you know, your worst your worst nightmare from high school is back there that wants to go for lunch with you. So, yeah, I mean, you can see good or you can sit, like hold back and be be terrified to make that decision. So do you yeah. see a lot of people? Um, I, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from your book. What what kind of responses do you get from people that have read your book that that you meet or that get reach out and, you know, give you make statements to you about reading your book. What do you hear? Oh, yeah. You know, my, my favorite was, first of all, I, I never wanted to write the book, but my mentor said, you need to write a book. And I said, why, who wants to read my story? You know, you mentioned that earlier. And he said, are you kidding me? Who breaks through a fear every day for a year? This, you know, this is something that people need to read. And I was like, okay, I wasn't a writer. I wasn't interested in writing. And, and so I sat down. It took me a year and a half to start it, start it, start it, start it, start it, start it. <laughs> over and over and over again. And, you know, I was procrastinating, right? That was a, just a form of procrastination, which actually procrastination is based on fear usually. Fear. Sure. Yep. And a lot of times that fear is um, that fear of judgment. And that, that fear of judgment is because we're perfectionists. Okay. So we got all this crap. Yeah. going on inside of us. And, and so anyway, I finally, I met a, a coach, a book coach who taught me how to start it and finish it. And then I sat down and I finished it in a week. So I just sat down and finished it in a week, published it. So three months later, I'm attending an event, like a networking event. And uh, this woman that I didn't know, she came running over to me and said, I got your book, The Year of Fears. I read the first 14 pages and I already broke through five fears. <laughs> oh my gosh, Marty, I got to tell you, that was the moment that I realized that my mentor was right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't in writing the book that I felt he was right. Is that 
there was somebody out there who needed to hear my story and it yeah. was her and for other people who have you know read it you know there you know i've had critiques you know negative critiques and that's okay i like i said i was never a writer but um but i wrote it and i published yeah. it yeah yeah and and you're right that sense of accomplishment is is something that it can't be replaced there's nothing else and you're right whether you get rave reviews whether you get people that trash it, whatever, you can still say, hey, I published a book and there's a lot of people that can't say that. And if that's one of yeah. your goals in life, then yeah, kudos for you. And and I'm excited. I'm going to go buy it and I'm going to read it <laughs> because I think- Only like, give me good feedback. Yeah, yeah. But of, of course. But you know, I, I think the thing is we don't want to talk about fear. And I like the fact that you talk a, a whole book about fear. Yeah. And I'm working on my next book called Do It Because You're Scared. And you know, because that is a, a different um, pr uh, perception of it, of fear. You know, we hear things like, you know, do it, uh, uh, do it in spite of the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Um, what, what's there's another one. There's like uh, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. This one really drove me crazy, actually. So I'm about, I'm about three months into breaking through my fears. And I started thinking about that. And it's like, False evidence appearing real. There's nothing false about my fears at all. They are as real as real can be to me. Now, right. you can think that they're ridiculous, and that's fine. But to me, they're real. Right. And so I ended up coming up, coming up with my own acronym, and that is that faith erases anxious reactions. Because when our faith is strong, our fear is weakened, or it disappears. And so if we're experiencing fear, this means our faith isn't strong. So what I like to say is when when my faith is when my fear is strong, I need to tap into my faith. And there's three areas of faith that I tap into. The first area is I tap into myself and I say, do I got this? Like, can I do this? Can I do this on my own? And if the answer is yes, then I go do it because I'm scared. And if not, then I reach out to my surroundings, my circle, my my mentors, my coaches, those who will lift me, those who will bring me along, those who will encourage me, those not those people who are going to try to pull me back. Uh-uh. I don't reach out to them because that's easy to do. It's hard to reach out to people who really want to support you and move forward. And so I'll reach out to them, my surroundings, and I'll say, I need your help. Will you help me? And then if that's not enough still, then I reach out to God and I say, God, I need your help. I've tried it on my own. I've tried my mentors and coaches. They can't help me. I need your help. So I go into three different areas. And then I say, you know what? I got to do this because I'm scared. So what happened is I still had fear and I had my faith tapped in stronger and it just got stronger and stronger as I thought through this. So um, it's, you know, breaking through our fears, your life will change. Yeah. You know, with this you know, program about divorce, going through a divorce, making a decision mm -hmm. to have a divorce, that's hard. So sometimes people will agonize and thinking about this I, you know, from this perspective. You'll agonize over whether I should divorce or not yeah. for however long. Now I agonized. I was only with my husband for two years and I agonized over divorce for a year. I was going to say year. most, I ask, that's one question I ask all my clients. How long have you been in that? Should I stay or should I go? Um, mindset. And most of them say somewhere between 12 to 18 months. Most women. Yeah. That. Um, so I mean, if you think 12 to 18 months, that's a big chunk of your time. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of mental and physical energy you burn through in that year. 
Right. Cause that's that, that mental anguish yeah. that we're sitting in. And um, I'll give a great example. I, I ended up filing bankruptcy, you know, several years ago and it was in my business. And I didn't tell my husband, this was before I had my book publishing company. And, and I didn't tell my husband what was going on because I didn't want him to know. I didn't want to worry him. You know, he's a worry wart. <laughs> so I didn't want to worry him. And, um, and so finally, after about a year and a half, just like you're mentioning, it got to that breaking point where like, I had to tell him because it was either uh, leave him. And I was faced with that. I love this man. I've been with him since I was 25. We're, we're, we're great together. And I debated over leaving him instead of telling him about the bankruptcy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how, ag- how much agony it was for me to have to tell him that. But then finally, I decided, I decided to tell him, and I want to share with you, because this might be helpful for, you know, th- those who are listening, is what I decided. I said, when I talk to him, I'm going to do this. And so we sat down and I said, I had the Bible. And by the way, I'm, I am a Christian, but I don't break out my Bible very often. And I don't do a whole lot of praying, but I did in this moment. And so I put the Bible on the table and he's probably thinking, oh, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? And I said, I said, let us pray. I said, Lord, please let the words come out of my mouth the way they are intended and that he hears them the way I intend them, him, he hear him. And that opened up the line of communication for him to be like, okay, I need to listen from this perspective. And, and then I just told him, I said, glad I, I got to file bankruptcy. He's like, oh my God, is that all? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought you were going to leave me because you've been very distant lately. So he was over here worrying about something and right. I was worrying about something different. Yeah. And so oftentimes in our relationships, this is what happens. The other person senses that something's going on. Sure. So they're making up their own story about what it is. Yeah. But my, my thought is the sooner we can get out, the sooner our life will start. Yeah. And so I can't believe we had so much fun talking about fear because you just don't put those two words together. But Linda, what, what do you think is the most important thing that you would like people to remember um, talking about fear or dealing with fear or working through fear? What's the most important thing? I, I think it's to first recognize that what you're feeling is that fear because like there's anxiety, you know, our throat locks up, our forehead starts to perspire, our hands get shaking, knees knocking, all these different signs. These are all signs that you're potentially going through a fear right now. now. I've had anxiety attacks, so I know what that feels like. And that was really due to some kind of fear that was going on in my life. So first is to recognize that I'm experiencing, it's an experience. Fear can be a fleeting experience. But once we recognize that it is an experience and that I can make it through this, figure out what the fear is and then go out and say, you know what, I, I got to do this because I'm scared because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. Yeah. But be empowered. That's an empowering. You are empowering yourself with I'm doing this because I'm scared. Love Empower it. Empower yourself yeah. with the fear. Absolutely. So Linda, if people want to reach out, find out more about your publishing or maybe get involved or ask you about how to become an author, how to, how to be part of a compilation book, anything that, anything to do with that kind of stuff, what's the best way to get hold of you? Definitely. Well, thanks so much, Marty, for having me. I truly appreciate it. You know, give me an opportunity to share my fearful journey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. And 
Yeah, definitely. You know, it's been incredible. I will face fear all day long now because I know that the results on the other side are going to be amazing. But you can connect with us or connect with me at actiontakerspublishing.com. That's actiontakerspublishing.com. And we're looking forward to having you share your story. Our mission is to empower 5 million women and men to share their stories with the world to make a greater impact on the planet in one story at a time. Love that message that I can't say I love that enough, this podcast, because really everything you said has just really been um, authentic and from the heart. And so that's what, and I love the practical tips and strategies you've given. So thank you, Linda. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening into the podcast and remind you to tune in next week when there's another episode of the D Show. Thanks for listening and supporting the D Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.